0: Moments like this, these last two football games, being able to do it when done, energize a city, right? Energize a, a, a town, energize.
1: Fans uh, is only going to make us better moving forward, and that's the part that I'm excited about.
2: No one, no one thought we should be here, and we just kept believing, and it's really cool, really cool to be a part of, and and it was special, and like I said, just the beginning. You know, I,
1: I go back to April, and I I told the team in April, I said expect to play playoff games on the road in Cincinnati, Buffalo, and Kansas City.
2: You know, I think that was this this year obviously was huge for for this organization, for our city, for just our franchise, you know, moving forward, and, and it kind of sets the bar of, of, of who, who we're going to be and then what we're going to do moving forward, and and that's the mindset, and, the, and we won't settle for less than that, and this, this, won't be, this won't be the last you guys hear of us, so we'll be back. This boy got a hit. 1010XL <laughs> 10,
0: 10 92.5 FM presents... Jaguars Today with your host Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and E to the T. right, good morning everybody.
1: Welcome out. Moments like this. Doug Peterson's been talking about that. We've been hearing that clip a lot since the end of the season, but could have been talking about his hugs yesterday. All the hugs that Calvin Ridley (laughs) was getting, Tony. Uh, What another gorgeous day. I don't know if it's going to continue this perfect, but man, we've had three in a row out here at the players and uh, we're underway and just like everybody expected, Hayden Buckley is carving up the course. Mm-hmm. I think we all picked that, right? Didn't we? I, you and I, we couldn't quite get our picks in. We ran out of time yesterday. No, it, we didn't. Yeah. In other words, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> to mention. I know what three I was
3: going to mention and I don't think they're playing all that well yet. No. So. Which three? Three. I was going to go Rom, McElroy, and Jason Day. Okay, I'm going to be my three. I
1: tweeted out last night, just to be on the record, I went McElroy, Scheffler, and uh, Victor Hoplin. Okay. So. You know, whatever. I got a lot of great entries, though. I mean, I don't know if they're great entries. Let's put it this way. Got a, a lot, lot of, of entries, entries, right? Yes. A lot of folks entering our uh, Players' Championship contest here on Jaguars today. But it's a Calvin Ridley week, and it continues around these parts. If you're a Jacksonville Jaguar fan, of course, that's what we focus on on this broadcast. Our man, ET! Yo! Yeah. Right across the table <laughs> from us here. Uh, as always, out dressing everybody, man. That's a fancy little golf shirt you got. Oh, uh, you
2: there, know, bro. a little razzle. This whole thing. This old thing.
1: <laughs> I just, I just reached in my hamper, and that's what I came out with. Today. I can't
2: wait to see what I pull out tomorrow.
1: You know, I thought because <laughs> Tony wore the, uh, the, no, we have, you know, eight billion, ten, ten XL. Shirts to wear. Uh, I thought I'd wear the navy blue today. Couldn't find it this morning. Almost pulled the one you're wearing, Tony. Oh, uh But then I found it, and then it turns out that Donna Murphy and Jack O'Brien are all, we're all <laughs> twins, so we're all in the club If it today. wasn't
2: this one, that would have been a Well, exciting.
1: you know, look, it's going to get worn, and uh, it's not that big a deal. We yeah. love to fly the flag. i will wear another
3: one tomorrow. Come yeah. on
1: by and say hi. We actually had a lot of folks coming by already. We've just gone on the air uh, coming by, saying hello to us this morning, which is always fun to see you out here enjoying some of the best uh, best weather, best sporting events, uh, all that stuff here on the First Coast. And uh, Jacksonville kind of gets together for a little party. Yeah. On Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday particularly.
3: I was talking to uh, the woman that was driving us in this morning here to the media center from the media parking, and she was it was her first time that she's been at the event. She's like, it's kind of slow this morning. I was like, oh, it'll pick up. <laughs> I was like, "Are you are you here for the whole weekend? She's like, yeah. I was like. You're lucky you're doing the media transport, right? Like, if you were just transporting the public, which you don't have to do a lot around here because they got the free parking, you just got to get registered, right? You just walk in. It's unbelievable. But if we had to transport the public in these buses tomorrow night, whew. You'd be seeing a
1: scene, boy. Well, bro, they've been out in the sun drinking since they got here. <laughs> whenever it was, they're serious in uh, that public parking lot. Like when I when I came up with Palm Valley Road, there, whatever. No, what what the uh, PJ Tour ATP? I don't mm-hmm. know whatever road that is that the parking's on. Uh, and I just know where to turn. Right? Like yeah. I'm that guy. Like I don't know the name of any street anywhere. Just but I know. Oh yeah, there's that corner. I recognize that. Let me turn there, and I go up and. I guess they're assuming anyone going down that street is going to the public parking, yeah. and they're waving you hard into the right lane. So I'm like, "Well, I'm in the middle lane. I'm, I'm good. I, all right, let me get over." What? Oh, yeah. No, they're now. I got all these cones. I got to go into the public parking lot, and <laughs> guys on a bullhorn. He's like, "Have your thing out. We are getting ready to scan." And so, yeah, they're serious. And you think you're just going <laughs> to slide on in on the day of? Uh, that will not be the case. But I know. Look, Jacksonville, you're a well prepared. Sports City, you know the drill. You know how to get around. You're not caught unaware very often. I would so hate to
2: be that person that think that they're going to slide in. Oh, got, oh, and then you got to turn. Oh my goodness! There's a little.
1: I mean, it was easy because I, I pulled and I said, "Look, bro, I got to make a, a U-turn." And there's like cones everywhere. There's nowhere oh, to turn. Up. He goes, uh, and I hear him, blue Honda. <laughs> for the exit i'm like (laughs) like, there's no question i'm not getting in i'm not trying to i'm just trying to
0: go my own way here
1: all right so uh we're here it's gorgeous it's actually pretty steamy this morning a little warmer than i thought it would be right now you know alexa i don't know if you can always trust alexa's weather forecast man i get up give me alexa give me weather in ponte vidra beach uh with a high of 72 yeah. degrees today. Well, Tuesday, they didn't even have, like,
3: the front barriers up to this degree. Like, in front of our tent here, it was just wide open. Yes. So, the sun on Tuesday was beating Beaten. down. And that was, that was a hot day. And that was the hot day. And then we came in on Wednesday, and they had it set up like this. I think they had to close it, you know, Tuesday night going into Wednesday. And then they just kind of half opened it up like this. And so, I could find shady spots. I'm sitting in a shady spot right now. So, I'm not in the direct sun for two hours. I
1: don't. I don't need that. Yeah, yeah, he, right. he is sitting in the shadow of my ego, so that's going to be a nice, cool area for most of the day. we got room for others to join
2: That's That son in. clapping your boy right boy,
1: now. It really is. He's <laughs> on the wrong side of the table, actually. <laughs> he, I can scoot over. You can squeeze in between me and Tony, and we'll look like the three best friends that, <laughs> that anyone ever knew about. Yep. All right? So, uh, anyway, look, uh, who doesn't want to just go out and find Calvin Ridley right now and give him their own hug? Mm-hmm. If you did not read that Players' Tribune article – yesterday and you consider yourself a Jaguar fan, I presume you're a Jaguar fan who does not have internet access, okay, <laughs> because <laughs> that was such worth the read, unbelievable, mm-hmm. uh, when, I mean, taking you back to his childhood roots of, look, understand me as a person, this is where I came from, you know, because people hear, oh, this guy's dealing with mental health issues and depression or, or speculation, because nobody really knew what it was, but sure, I wouldn't be depressed. Give me $2 million a year or give me whatever. I You see how depressed I'd be. Well, people are still human beings. And yeah. man, what an amazing story. Uh, growing up rough, you know, and and I'm not spilling any secrets here. He put it all out there yeah. for public consumption. His dad and mom, he said, had a, ran hard, had a hard-running lifestyle. His dad got deported. His mom went away for a while. When he was eight. When yeah. he was eight years old, and he was the oldest of – uh, several children yeah. that all got sent to a foster or group home and and just and they're looking to him to be the man at eight years old and had no idea what was going on and overcame all that first plane ride in his life was on a recruiting trip to the <laughs> University of Alabama <laughs> the whole nine yards and you know he talked about how he came home one day he'd made a thousand dollars because it was like a stipend right at the end end from the university yeah and and he maybe had a little bit more than that but he put a thousand dollars in his brother's hand and his brother probably thought he was like a 50 yeah. feet tall at yeah. that point in time. And just unbelievably a great well, story of overcoming yeah. adversity.
3: Well, and he doesn't have to share any of that.
1: No. Right?
3: Like, he doesn't have to let the public know that he was having to go through that when he was eight. He doesn't have to let the public know beyond the fact that, look, he stepped away from the Falcons for whatever The reasons were in 2020 for the mental health stuff. We don't need to know the details of that. You let people know whatever you want to let them know, right? When you're ready to let anybody else know outside of that circle of people that you trust, it's cool that he opened up to the degree that he was willing to open up about whatever was going on. The broken foot when he was playing in Atlanta, like the whole deal. He doesn't have to let anyone know any of that stuff. That's his business. It becomes public business when he allows it to become public business. And it was cool because we've all had those questions. Since they made the trade for Calvin Ridley, how committed to football is Calvin Ridley? What was going on with the mental break and had to step away from the game the way that he did? What is happening with Calvin? Is he recommitted to football? I I was pretty confident that he was anyway, just based on the way he's been interacting with fans since he got traded uh, to Jacksonville. But you read that, whatever doubts you may have had, Gone, man. Like, if he's going to put in there, you put me with Trevor Lawrence, I'm going for 1400 every year.
2: That was my favorite part. Right?
3: Like, there's no way to not get excited about that if you're a Jaguars fan yeah. when you know the kind of player that they
1: traded for. And when you say mental break, he didn't have a mental break, right? No. He took a break for he his mental break. health, yeah. right? And it's important to – uh, characterized it that way. You know, he was dealing with anxiety, depression, stress, all these things. A he had, home he, robbery. A he, he, uh, home invasion. Yeah. right? When they weren't home and then they, they came home and they, they checked the video and they're like six guys. It was a four or six. However, man, who cares? One's enough. But multiple guys running through the house in masks with guns. And he's thinking, <laughs> I, this is where my kids live. This where is where my family is. Is. Yeah. This is. where." I mean, unbelievable stuff. Playing with a broken foot. In Atlanta, having the Falcons tell you, no, no, it's a bone bruise. And, uh, you know, I, I maybe it was and it got worse. I don't know. I'm not there. I'm not, you know, I I, I can't cast aspersions on the Falcons medical staff. But he is sitting there going, this pain is ridiculous. And he's got to take painkillers to get through practice. And they wear off. After practice, he comes home. He's still got to deal with everything on. So, he I, mentioned I, those Tordal shots. And uh, uh, that got the ears yeah. up. It's right. Like, I mean, Whoa. that's like the heavy duty. Whoa. Like That's like the elephant Whoa. tranquilizer to do to of the play. NFL, you know. <laughs> And uh, so, just phenomenal story of what he had to overcome. But I think it's, I don't think this. I think he just wanted to like unburden himself, yeah. right? Yeah, is my take. E and, I, I, but I think it's a smart thing too because if he goes, he could very well be within his right to go. Hey, respect my privacy. This is a private issue, and we'd all in the back of our mind go, well, is, "Is this going to happen again? Is it you know?" Yeah. And. We know the environment that Doug Peterson was able to foster with this team. And you see these guys. You see Zay Jones last night tweeting out NFL. Somebody put out a, a clip of the 10 best. Routes. routes that were yeah. run in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. And Zay was one of them. Right. But Zay focused on Evan Ingram, who's also one of them, yeah. breaking ankles, and he's hyping up Ingram. And Kirk is out there with the LFG, you know, yeah. when, when mm-hmm. Ingram comes back. And they all are, are – they really seem like – they don't have to go this far you know what i mean they could hey it's all yeah. season and shut it down but they really are like they feel like there's something special they're supporting each other they're all part of it i think he walks into e just like a, an amazing locker room dynamic it's a here.
2: family vibe you could really see it just and we spoke about this yesterday but it really stands out that hug that coach Doug Peterson gave him yesterday and and, and trip bulky like he's coming into his family, and the way that he was tweeting all off season, now is coming into fruition. Yeah. Now he's here. Let's go, man. Let's now, go.
1: now though, you know, it's over with, right? You don't like maybe somebody. There's a follow up at some point asking him about a particular point in that article, but you don't have to guess. Like he laid it all out for yep, you. You he, know what I mean? You don't. Have right to, up. He enough not have to stand up at his first press conference, uh, Calvin. What? You only played five games. You stepped away for a mental health break. What? what what's that all about? Why? How are we to know that you're not going to have to do that again? And I mean. Point by point by point, here's how, how I got to this point in my life, and now let's go rip some blank yeah. up. If you know what I'm saying, <laughs> fourteen hundred. to believe that, right? Oh, oh mean, my daughter's name. Oh, oh, well, and you know, daughter's name. you
3: know that it's always been the case in the NFL that the veteran players that have been retired talk to the young guys on the team right like that kind of thing has always been happening then you would probably send the text or the call when you were one of those you know legendary players to a player who's coming into the organization you were a legend with like welcome to the family right like welcome to the club well now that happens on social media right so you get on twitter last night and it's jimmy smith welcoming calvin ridley to the jaguars family and calvin being like let's ride mm. like when has the public ever had the opportunity to be exposed to that? Jimmy Smith talking to Calvin Ridley saying, welcome to the Jaguars. Like, how cool of a moment is that? And I don't love social media with everything that's entailed with it, but that kind of thing, that's awesome. All right,
1: let's 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 put a pin in it right here. Sure. Calvin Ridley, I feel like it's Calvin Ridley week, right? Uh-huh. I mean, it really does. And, it, and there's so much positivity. I was thinking about this. Look, clearly coming out of 2017, we were hyped about 2018 from where the Jags finished. Right. Felt like no they were doubt. robbed. I don't know at this point in offseason if I've ever been this excited about Jaguar football. Seriously. Like, the 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 good spirit that this team has right now, you know, to go along with the talent. You just can't have feel good, happy, 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 right. and you're going to win games. They got talent. They're getting better, as with the case with the uh, alternate all-pro in Calvin Ridley coming to the table and – it, it just it feels like something special is happening here in Jacksonville. All right, so we're out at the players here day one. We'll have leaderboard updates. Our man Jack O'Brien's going to keep you posted for the next three hours. That means we get his golden tones. Jack and I are going to have a, a voice-off, I think, uh, throughout the course of the day. Jacko, who's got the better – radio voice or you, baby. I, uh, I say it's me. Oh, by
0: far, you do. Oh, man. get out of here. Sure. You're,
1: you're like Mr. PA guy for the Gators, for the Jaguars. You're, you're historic, Jacko. Well, I appreciate that, but no, I've always enjoyed listening to your
3: show. I think you're one of the more, uh, heck, we, you and I go way back.
1: Jacko, just give
3: us a you Joel Schmenge just bit?
1: give me a Joel Schmenge please? Number 99, Joel Schmenge. That's Jacko. He's the original right <laughs> up there, if you remember back in the day. Uh, and yes, I do need you to stroke my Ego because that shadow needs to grow. More people are coming, E. We gotta get them out of the sun today. We gotta, we gotta get them protected. Alright, so uh you're wondering how is the program uh on if E is out here. We'll tell you about that as we go on We got Demetrius Harvey mm-hmm. coming up today at 1040 this morning. We're gonna be talking tons of Jaguar football. Uh the question of the day. Man, we kind of do this at the players uh, is out there. Which three Jaguars, past or present, would you invite to join you for your dream golf foursome? You could say, you know what, I don't play golf. That's all right. You can drive around, have a few cocktails, and watch those guys play. With the bottom line is, which three Jags, past or present, historically, would you like to spend four or five hours with yep. and, and hang out, tell stories, and just uh, you know have a little uh, little downtime? So that's the idea today. If you want to get in on the phone lines, talk any aspect of Jaguar football. 6411010. That works for the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Of course, hit us up on Twitter at MD underscore 1010XL at 1010XL Fat Tony and at IME2. The
2: T. Come on, somebody. We are
1: live at the players. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, E.T. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
0: Everything you need to know about the Jags, Jaguars Today on 1010XL.
1: All right, live at the Players, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, E.T. here with you. Jaguars today, the tournament underway as of this morning. I mean, you couldn't have better scoring conditions Tony. but some of the top guys out here struggling to hit the fairway, uh, including Rory McIlroy at times, John Rahm as well. That's, wrong. That's the thing. I, a lot of people picking Rahm this week, but uh, he sprays it from time to time. He does. He's a phenomenal player. I mean, obviously, best out there right now, but uh, I don't know. I didn't pick him this week. A lot of people did yeah, uh, you know, I, I usually don't pick the winner here. <laughs> so right yeah. I, who did I I, think I had more account was it more cow last year? I forget who I picked, but it, just terrible, you know, just like <laughs> it's <laughs> I did pick Craig Perks the year he won. No, I mm-hmm. did not. I didn't no idea who mm-hmm. he was. Are you kidding me? I did not also did not have Min Woo Lee or Taylor Pendrith right now. Minwoo uh, Min Woo Lee with another birdie now uh, at six under par. So there you go. That's your Josh Scoby update. That's how we scoby update that's yeah. how we allow ourselves to, to sprinkle in a little uh little golf flavor here during jaguars today so uh calvin Ridley we continues here and, you know i heard uh yesterday when uh, the players tribune article first came out was during XL primetime right mm-hmm. after we went off the air and you know they're talking matt hayes is talking about that that line in there about well if i'm healthy and and, and I say, like, i don't like to hear that well All he's saying is if I, you know, like you can't control whether you get hurt. Sure. And so if I play 17 games, here are the numbers I expect to put up with Trevor Lawrence. Now, I don't expect him to put up 1,400 yards. Now, maybe I'm wrong, Tone. Maybe he will come back and be fully the guy he was and be even better because he's got an ascending Trevor Lawrence thrown to him, but I think. Got to get the ball to Kirk. Got to get the ball to Ingram. ETN's going to get his touches. Zay Jones not going to completely disappear out of this offense. So, I think it's going to be tough for any one receiver to separate himself that much from the pack. But that's okay. Give me a couple eleven fifty, 1150, 1200-yard guys. Sure. Make this offense balanced and dangerous. And then, you know, throw in 750 from Ingram, 700 from Zay. Whatever they give to ETN catching the ball out of the backfield. And let's have them guessing on every play. I mean... <laughs> what Calvin Ridley also does, lets Christian Kirk play almost exclusively out of the slot. Right. Right. And, and he had the second most slot yards in the National Football League last year, second only to C.D. Lamb. Uh, I think, you know, if there's a prop bet in Vegas for who has the most slot receiving yards and I don't know if they do or not but it wouldn't <laughs> surprise me right I mean the, the minutiae they break things yeah, down no into. doubt I think Christian Kirk is a, a deadly candidate to uh, be that leader this year well and I think
3: it did you see the cut up that Brian Baldinger did yesterday of Calvin Ridley
1: right, I, I I did and I love Baldy he does a great job I didn't listen bro, to it I was just Duval. watching it Duval yeah
0: what what Duval yeah. come I on Baldinger? I wasn't listening
1: I was only watching Duval.
3: right and so I was just watching Calvin run oh, those Duval. routes and it's are you kidding me?
1: No, yeah, he had right. the, he had three routes that he broke down oh. on there and it was like holy cow. The the keyword being break oh because my there were not God. there were a lot of shattered ankles on the defensive side. The one in the end zone was silly. I almost I had to watch it like three times to see what am I seeing? Here? Yeah. You know, what did what, did he just like Phase through the other
3: guy, <laughs> right? Like, how did he get? There? And it was crazy to see that on the same day that the NFL had put out the top ten list that you had mentioned, right? Yes, like the, the routes from last year. Then and Evan and Zay were both on that list. And
1: I, was the, that a countdown? Because it was it, it was 10, ten to one, 1 right? It was and ten to one. Evan yeah. at seven, the one w- was the so. One. <laughs> Filthy! It's it's absolutely it's like he teleports. It's like it's I, if crazy. you if you saw the Mandalorian last night, spoiler alert! All right, uh, baby Yoda uh, does a little force shove uh-huh. on the, on this this creature. That is what the the guy covering Evan Ingram yeah. was like. He got thrown out of the picture, and Evan's like, "Let me just uh, slide inside." Yeah, the here. route's ridiculous, and Zay's
3: route is ridiculous too. Where he sold that he was about to sit down on that route, and that corner bought so hard. And then Zay just ran right by him. It's on that you see those kind of things happening on the same day. We know Christian Kirk is a really accomplished route runner, right? So he's not even on that kind of list on the. And then you're getting the Calvin Ridley. Look at this guy as a route runner, hey. right? In this offense, it's. I mean, I, I'm with you. I don't think I've ever been this excited at this point in, in March, a Jaguars' offseason, right?
1: Like, like in 2017, I think part of it was. The way it ended was depressing, right? Mm-hmm. You felt robbed. You felt like we should have been there. We should have been in the Super Bowl. And then you see what Philadelphia wins it with Nick Foles, and you're like, wait a minute, we could have beaten that team. Yeah. We could be the Super Bowl champs right now. And this year, granted, there was okay, it was a close game with the Kansas City Chiefs, but you know, I don't think it was quite their time yet for no. the Jags, you know. And we say that, but at the same time, you make it be your time, right? And but I didn't have. I you had to feel like okay. We were going nowhere, 3-7, and seven, we turn it around, we're trailing Tennessee late in the game, we haven't led the whole time, and oh, oh, oh whoa, we, we stole another one, right? Like, yeah. you know, they they stole the Baltimore game. I, when I say steal, I don't mean not deserving to win. I mean, taking that victory away from the other team in dramatic fashion, yep. right? And the Baltimore, and the Dallas, and you name them, right? And on and on, and they do that against Tennessee, and they're down 27-0, and you're like, well, at least they made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, oh, we get one right before the half, and then the uh, most historic comeback in Jaguar history is on, and we're dancing, and we're yep. it's and and so I feel like that wave is part of that that optimism yep. right now. You know, like I, I even though the season ended, and it's always disappointing when you end with a loss, and only you know only one playoff team can end with a win. Yeah, uh, that. I just felt like overall, like, okay, you know, I didn't feel like they left a whole lot on the cutting room floor this year other than a a regular season game or two that could have gone the other way. Well, there's
3: already all that off-season momentum, and then this is the week that Calvin Ridley gets reinstated and then writes that letter.
1: Yeesh. Right? And Trevor writes the love letter to Jaguar fans a couple weeks ago, uh, right? It's it's silly season around here, and it should be. It really is. And that's what it comes back to, too. You know, 2017, okay, all this – went very well, but what happened is funny. Lovely lady Lori came up and introduced herself to She goes, I finally found where you're broadcasting from, right? And mm-hmm. came up, said, love Jaguars today, love 1010XL, 10, 10 all this. Very nice. And we were talking for a few minutes about things, and we are talking about 2017. She's like, you know, and they just put the offense in neutral. And yet because you didn't trust your quarterback, yeah. right? And, and so, go, even going into 2018, alright, can this defense score 11 times again? <laughs> you know, like, that, right. that's what Really propelled the Jags and Blake had his moments, no question about it. But now you're like, Are you kidding me? Yeah, we got one of the top half dozen quarterbacks in the league. That's how you feel. And he's getting better and better and better. He's just scratching the surface. So, all these things coming together, uh, just making me bounce off the wall. I'm with right you, man, now, brother. So, it, good tidings for your Jacksonville Jaguars. Great time out here at the players, uh, especially for men. Woo Lee, through 13 holes, your sole leader. Jack O'Brien's going to have updates for you throughout the course of the next uh, two and a half hours. Uh, We've got our man Demetrius Harvey from the Florida Times Union coming up next. He was out at the Scouting Combine. Uh, We'll talk Calvin Ridley. We'll talk salary cap. Interesting, I was having a discussion uh, because, you know, you look at what the cap space for the Jags. You look at what the rookie pool is going to cost them, and... The, it, it, it's, it gets into the weeds a little bit, but there, there's a very logical reason for why the Jags, despite the fact that the rookie pool is a little over $9 million, the cap space they need to sign those guys is actually only $3.1 million, roughly. We'll get into that a bit as well as we go along today. But Demetrius Harvey going to join us coming up on the other side as the Jaguar discussion continues. Great time. seeing a lot of teal out here on the course this morning, as you would certainly expect as well, uh, we'll keep you posted on that players leaderboard. If you're making your way out here, just be patient. You know, uh, don't go crazy. Get here, arrive alive, and and uh, you know, don't get a ticket and don't get in an accident. <laughs> right? you're gonna, it's going to be a little slow going at times. And uh, that's Taylor Dahl checking in here at the 1010XL booth this morning. So we got all the stars of 1010XL on hand today. In fact, just about the entirety of the station will be out here throughout the course of uh, not only today but all throughout the next four days. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, ET, and the crew live at the Players getting you a leaderboard update here in a moment. Demetrius Harvey on the other side. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and
0: 92.5 FM. To know about the Jags, Jaguars today on 1010XL. All
1: right, glad you're along with us Uh, radio-wise here in the city of Jacksonville. And all it encompasses, you know, the sun never sets on Duval County, baby. We are Duval Pride worldwide in one of the great events uh, going on right now, the Players' Championship. Day one, we've got Min Woo Lee uh, now falling back a shot and tied with Taylor Pendrith at 5 under at the top of the leaderboard hayden buckley's a hole-in-one on 17 this morning some of the highlights in the early going about really just getting cranked up one of our highlights tony and E, is uh, we get a chance to catch up with our friend demetrius harvey <laughs> with the florida times union fresh off a trip to the nfl scouting combine talking all things jags demetrius good morning sir how are you buddy i'm doing all right how about you guys Doing well, man. It's. Uh, are, are you going to get a chance to come out and enjoy some of this weather and some of this atmosphere over the next few days? You know, I really wish I could.
4: I, I'm probably not going to be able to, though, just, you know, with everything going on. Um, I went to the Combine last week, and then I got back and immediately got sick. And I'm still... Oh, no. That, so, yeah. How you doing, brother? You recuperating? I'm doing all right. You know, it was the worst, you know, of the first couple days when I got back. But then, you know, after... You know, a few days later, it's gotten
1: better. All right. Well, good. I guess it's a good thing then that you were not on hand to give Calvin Ridley a hug yesterday because I think most <laughs> of Duval County was hugging it out with Calvin, man. Let's just start right there, and we'll we'll get some combine reflections from you. But, uh, look, I, I thought an impressive piece in the Players' Tribune. It, it, we've all seen Calvin Ridley play, and we knew it was coming, Demetrius, but to have him reinstated – and the excitement level for Jaguar fans right now through the roof of uh, thinking about what he's going to add to this offense?
4: Absolutely. You know, obviously we all knew that it was probably going to happen. Uh, there was no reason for him not to get reinstated. I think it was just a matter of when. You know, was it wouldn't it even be before free agency because the NFL sort of has no guidelines, no set guidelines on reinstatement. Um, so you know, one, once he actually got reinstated, now everybody can realize, oh wow, this guy's actually going to become a Jaguar. This guy's going to be throwing or catching passes from Trevor Lawrence. Um, he's he's a guy who's obviously showed a lot of speed, um, great route running while he was in Atlanta, and then you know the piece that he came out with yesterday, which is. Incredible, You know, obviously he didn't have to share all of that, but he did. And, um, it showed just sort of what struggles he was going through, not only mentally but physically with the broken foot in 2020, you know, when he was able to put up that monstrous uh, season. So, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where you know that now this guy's going to be able to come in and provide a spark um, as if they needed even more of a spark. You know, it, it's just a, an added bonus to an offense that was already thriving.
3: Yeah, you know, Demetrius, Mike and I talked about this last week, the timing of what was going to happen with Calvin Ridley and what kind of impact could that potentially have on whatever the Jags were going to do in this offseason and even leading into the draft. You know, not knowing, we had seen the league take months after the the moment that a player could apply for reinstatement. Like, we've seen that take three, four months before, right, for a player. So no one had any idea when this was going to come down. It comes down this week. What does the timing of Calvin Ridley being reinstated and being able to be around the Jaguars for their entire offseason, what kind of impact could that have on whatever expectations you were two weeks ago for what Calvin Ridley would do his first year here in Jacksonville compared to wherever they are now?
4: Oh, it it, it has a huge impact. You know, it gives them the ability, obviously. um, the, the, The team was always working towards, you know, having that $11.1 million cap hit on their salary cap. So it's not like they weren't going to – or they were going to use that space and then now that Calvin's here, they can't. Um, But at least it gives them some clarity. You know know that he's going to be there for the initial day on April 17th when they can actually start off-season training. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has already said that he's going to be working out with Calvin in a couple weeks. You know, he talked to him yesterday on FaceTime. Um, you know, you, you can just see those little things that at least everything is settled. I think that this actually makes a huge impact because he can, um, you know, eventually get the playbook on time. He can, he can talk to coaches on time. He can do all this stuff. There's no sort of delay in, in, in what he brings. So, yeah, it's all great all around. Now, Demetrius, I,
2: um, like I've seen something different with, with this team. Like Trevor – Trevor gave us that piece a couple months ago in the the, the the players Tribune now Calvin he gave us this this piece that gave us that gave me like goosebumps and it just seems like a sense of pride I know I've always had pride in our jags I got us going 17 and0 every year <laughs> but why like, what is the reason for this team to be so why is everybody so prideful about this team like what is it
4: man i I really just think it's about them being young hungry a lot of these guys were sort of count it out. Now, obviously, Trevor Lawrence has been, you know, number one guy for all of his life, but, you know, he talked about it in 2021. They went through all that. Um, everybody was sort of doubting him. You know, this, this team wasn't supposed to be a team on the rise. It was supposed to be sort of a stock Still, you know, it's been like that for the past almost two decades, basically. Um, so, you know, you, you can sort of see, I think, a shift in mentality. This young team sort of coming together. Um, they understand each other. They understand Coach Doug Peterson. They understand what, what's at stake and where they can go. They see all these other young teams, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs. They see the Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals, and what they've been able to achieve, and they know that they can get to that height. So I think that it's just a mix of all of these guys being excited, you know, they're, to play together, to play on this team, to play for, for, for Doug Peterson. Um, and then obviously from Calvin's side, you know, he's sitting at home and he's watching TV and he's watching Trevor Lawrence just – you know, light things on fire as they're going on that run. Um, you know, during that Chargers game, I can't imagine, you know, he's sitting there like, hey, you know, this game's not over because he, he's feeling like he's part of that team. So
1: I think that it's just a mix of all the excitement, you know, a young and up-and-coming team, and, and, you know, for Calvin playing for Trevor Order. Talking here with Demetrius Harvey, Florida Times-Union on Jaguars today. Uh, all right, Demetrius, uh, a lot of ways we can go here. Let's uh, get your reflections. Coming back from the Combine, uh, who did you – Watch, like, who stood out to you and said, man, I can really see this being a guy that the Jaguars are going to target and he would be a good fit? Uh, who are the, the players that caught your eye from that standpoint? Yeah, you know, obviously I
4: wasn't there for every single day for all the interviews, but uh, for one of the days that I wasn't at, actually, Osiris Torres, he's a guy that I've obviously covered when I was covering the Gators for,
0: you know, a brief period
4: because he was only there for that last year. Um, but, you know, he's he's a huge Guard inside, he can play uh, probably left guard as well. He primarily played right guard, but but he's a guy who can move people with ease. I think he's probably the most pro-ready guard in the draft. Um, not necessarily saying that the Jaguars would take him right there at twenty-four, but you know he's a guy that I could see absolutely. Um, then obviously, guys like Joey Porter Jr., uh, Kiwi Ringo, they stood out. You know, those, those are guys that I think come with a lot of pedigree. Obviously, Joey Porter has that lineage, you know, dating back to the original Joey Porter. So, uh, but, you know, there were a, a, a few guys that sort of stood out in terms of. Um, what they went through in college, and then now coming towards to the NFL, like uh, Brian Bruszy, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, out of Clemson's defensive tackle. Um, he was impressive. You know, he was a guy who talked about his adversity. You know, he tore his ACL. Um, unfortunately, he lost his sister due to cancer during his college season. And and you know, he's a guy who came in as the number one recruit during his class, but he was able to turn it around at Clemson. And sort of become that force inside. Obviously, uh, he drops off a little bit, but he's somebody that I feel like the Jaguars could target just because of, you know, that need inside. I understand that they draft, are they signed, Roy Robertson Harris to an, an
1: extension, but they could always use that sort of push inside. Yeah, well, Clemson's done a solid in the last few years, and, you know, and so has Georgia. So if you had to stick with those two schools, I wouldn't yeah. be that upset. But the first name you mentioned, Osiris Torrance, right? I, I don't know if you're picking up on this, and this doesn't necessarily mean anything, but it seems like there's more a trend to these mock drafts connecting the Jags with offensive line in the first round in particular. And maybe that's just people catching up with the reality that it's very unlikely that Jawan Taylor is going to be back. But uh, it, let's presume that Juwan Taylor signs elsewhere, just prices himself out of the Jaguars range. How, where does offensive line help, be it a guy like Torrance who can play inside and out or just a pure tackle stand for you in terms of the list of the needs for this team?
4: It'll be high. You know, it will be a, a top three need in my opinion. Um, for me, I'm I'm much more in the camp of they they really, really should have brought back Jawan Taylor. I know they still can technically, but it doesn't look like they're going to be heading in that direction. I think that they have a left tackle in Cam Robinson, who's coming off of a knee injury that we don't know necessarily the full extent of when he's coming back, if he's going to be fully healthy. And is he going to be able to perform at the ability that you would expect him to? And then you have Walker Little, who's only started seven games in his NFL career, um, he didn't really play too much in college after 2019. Um, there, there, there's just a lot of question marks at both tackle positions, and now you're going to be getting rid of a guy who you know, came in and was an incredible um, starter last year, in my opinion, under Bill uh, Raucher's you know, scheme. So you know, it, it, it's a situation where you have so much unknown, you're not going to have a swing tackle. I think that this is going to be a, a, a huge need for the Jaguars in probably the first three rounds of the draft.
3: Given the cap situation the Jags are going to have going into free agency next week, we don't expect them to be splashing the way they have the last couple of years, obviously. But if the Jags were going to make a splash signing, say in that eight million to $10 million range, at what position do you think it's most likely to come at?
4: If, if we're going to be making any sort of big signing, it, it would probably have to be maybe at the defensive back position. I know that Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is going to be a free agent. I think that he's a guy who can plug and play um, sort of that Brian Branch mold. You know, if, if he was able to fall to 24, that would be the guy to take. Um, but, but, yeah, I think that it would be a, – a, A veteran defensive back, you know, obviously those nickel corners sort of, um, you know, are are better with with, with age in the NFL, and I feel like a veteran there would make sense. But um, I don't necessarily expect them to target a guy like that. I don't necessarily expect them to be a big player in free agency That's sort of what they've been talking about um, and sort of letting fans and and everyone know over the course of the last few months that, hey, we're not going to be players in free agency We have our own guys beside, and I think that that's sort
1: of the direction
4: that they're leaning
1: Do you think, uh, you know, we haven't talked much about Arden Key? Dewan Smoot's another guy. Do you you see either one of these guys outside of Taylor back with the team? What is your confidence level in that?
4: I could see Arden Key
1: back with the team. Um,
4: I I don't necessarily know if, if he wants to test free agency or how the negotiations are going. Um, I could definitely see them bringing him back, you know, once the market sort of dictates what, what his value is. It just really depends on, on how other teams feel about him. Are they going to sign him to a long-term deal, you know, worth $40 million or, or, or something of that degree? Um, as far as the one Smooth, it just depends. You know, he's, he's obviously coming off of that Achilles injury. I don't know if they necessarily feel – um, they're, that they're confident enough to give him that money up front or if they want to make it incentive incentivated and then obviously from his perspective you know he's a guy who came in I think he had six sacks um, he's, he's someone who probably feels like his time is due you know no longer signing those you know cheaper um, two-year deals even though he has the injury he feels like his uh, play dictates that he should get a lot more money. So it just depends on, on how those two feel. But I really do think that,
1: you know, for for at least one of the two, we'll be back next year. All right. Uh, Demetrius Harvey, uh, feel better, man. Uh, we yeah. know you're on the men. Appreciate you joining us playing Hurt this morning. But uh, always good to catch up with you and enjoyed your reporting from the Combine this year. I appreciate it. You guys have a good one. All right, buddy. At Demetrius82 on Twitter is where you'll find him. Uh, not full strength, but battling. Tony's battling <laughs> yeah. right there. So, all right, uh, we'll take a time out here, halfway home. But the players is just getting started this morning, as uh, we've got Min Woo Lee at the top of the leaderboard. So, uh, you know, uh, some guys like Roy McIlroy struggling a little bit early on, but that's the key. Very early, a lot of the superstars yet to tee off. Hope you're planning on making your way out here and enjoying some of this weather, some of this great golf as one of the uh, absolute sporting gems of the First Coast Players Championship underway. Once again, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and E.T. live out here in Ponte Vedra Beach as we continue along. You're listening to Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
0: Jaguars Today on 1010XL, 92.5 FM.
1: All right, we're live at the Players' Jaguars today. Obviously, uh, we continue to talk Jaguar football. We'll talk Jaguar football through uh, probably the end of the world, Tony. We'll uh, talk to you about it in June. We'll talk to you (laughs) about it it in September. We'll talk to you about it whenever. (laughs) And it's March, and we're at the Players' Bend. Uh, We've got a three-way tie at the top with Min Woo Lee, Colin Morikawa. Wrong year. For me to pick more Cal, yeah. I guess. And the, When was it last year? I don't know when I picked him. And I said, I'll never pick him again. Uh, and then Chad Ramey as well, all at five under par right there. Uh, the NFL salary cap continues to be this beautiful mystery, right? <laughs> yeah. I, it really is to me. Because I, I look at a site like overthecap.com, and, and God bless him, because I can't keep track of all this stuff. So we rely on these sure. sites that do. And so you took the number they had the Jaguars over the cap prior to Shaquille Griffin's release yesterday. You took the cap savings, and we did the math. and We, we did. Came out. It came out to like $8.1 million yep. so what the Jags should be under the cap. So they're mm-hmm. fine heading into free agency next week. Look today, and they factor in uh, the Shaq Griffin release, and it has the Jags with $7.4 million in cap space. I, you know, I can't figure it out, right? Don't know, yeah. Just can't figure it out. So anyway, somebody um, brought up last night as people were talking – uh, on, you know, social media, we're all going back and forth and talking about Juwan Taylor. Like, all right, here's where we stand in terms of cap space. And they said, I- is it possible that we can create enough? Is there a Hail Mary in there to maybe get Juwan Taylor under contract before it's all said and done? And somebody else replied, hey, the Jags are going to need about $10 million to sign their rookie class. Here's the thing with the rookie class there if you just take you know what the the cap hit is going to be it's like 3 million bucks for the 24th pick and this and that and it all adds up together to about 9 million dollars right, right. Some, something like that but the cap only uh, factors in your your 53 man roster right so you're all the you're going to have a 90 man roster you're going to have all kinds of guys it's only taking the top salaries of those guys so every time you sign a player, mm-hmm. you add their number, but you also subtract the NFL minimum off the back end. So every, basically you've got what is your rookie pool, and then how many picks do you have? Take those picks, multiply them times seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Right. Jags have eight picks. Yep. Right. So seven fifty, that's what is that six million bucks, something like that, I think. Somewhere right. In there, yeah, yeah. Six million dollars. So take that six million. Because each time you sign a guy, and that's maybe why teams who are tight against the cap start at the back end, right? Because there's less space that needs to be created. And as those guys, like, get pushed out of the top 53, their 750 rolls out. So, you know, some of these guys that you're signing in the late rounds, it's like a one-for-one swap. You're You're not making much more than that if you get drafted in the seventh round of the NFL draft. So the Jags really effectively need a little uh, between three and $4 million in cap space to absorb the rookie class. Now, again, that's without making another move. It's still going to leave them with four or 5 million bucks, depending on the exact, the Jags should know the exact figure, right? right? Yeah. These sites do their best to estimate it. But again, it still leaves you in a position where y- you've renegotiated a bunch of deals. You have released the the biggest high ticket item in Shaq Griffin that you can do to create cap space. And, you're still only about four or five million under the cap, effectively. So. Well,
3: and that whole conversation points to the you know the luxury of being a player that is pretty solidly in that top forty, right? Like you know what your position's going to be, even if you're not getting a paycheck necessarily year round, or that you negotiated a contract where you do have the workout bonuses and these things. The way the contracts are set up, I think you can set it up now where you can get paid throughout the year. But the way like the base salary works, if they just get it in a standard way, is they get it through that 18 weeks of the regular season. That's when you get paid. Right. The other
1: 34 weeks of the year – Hope you you saved it well. Right. In that I eighteen mean, weeks. <laughs> yeah, if you're right? making three quarters of a million in an eighteen week period, I'm not gonna feel that you shouldn't be able to no. make it through the rest of the year.
3: No, but for those guys that are kind of that end of the end of the roster, they're not getting any of the workout bonuses, none right, of that right, kind right. of stuff is going on. Like and I'm not saying you can't live off three quarters of a million dollars in a year, right? But you don't have the same kind of luxury or stability, obviously, as the players that know they're pretty solidly going to be among that top 40 on a roster.
1: No doubt. Uh, but again, um, as Jags will tell you, and many will, cap space, not the issue. Do you have the cash to make things happen? No because doubt. then you can structure it in a way that uh, still leaves you a player to add talent to your roster, all right? Uh, there are other things happening around the National Football League. Let's take a tour with Tony Smith.
0: Now, gems around the NFL, brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach.
3: The Los Angeles Chargers have restructured the contracts of wide receivers Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Those restructures will save the Chargers $14.3 million on their cap. Miami has restructured outside linebacker Bradley Chubb's deal, creating $14.6 million in cap space. And the Carolina Panthers have restructured offensive tackle Taylor Moten's deal. $11 million for themselves. The Cardinals have released wide receiver Chosen Anderson in a move that will save the team $12 million in cap space. Arizona wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins went on the Pat McAfee show yesterday and said that he has been hearing a lot of the trade talk and said that he would be willing to be flexible in the last two years of his contract for a team that may be looking to trade for him rather than shoot for a top-of-the-market deal. The New York Jets have converted $4.5 million of tight end Sujay Ozama's cap space to create 3.6 million dollars for the team and the Houston Texans have claimed quarterback EJ Perry off of waivers the Jacksonville Jaguars waived Perry a couple days ago off their
1: roster I mean you do you man but chosen I, Robbie Anderson changed yeah. his name to chosen Anderson like all right that's fine yeah um <laughs>
2: he <They> just <laughs> had money to get rid of
3: Oh
1: my gosh. I it was mean, confusing it, it, me. Like when I saw the articles
3: coming up, Chosen Anderson. You're like, who is I this? was like, who is Chosen Anderson? <laughs> how do I not Anderson? know Chosen Anderson? Like,
1: and how is he a four million right, dollars like, salary and I don't know who this guy is? Like so. I
3: know the league pretty well. Wide ah. receiver Chosen Anderson in Arizona. I was like, who is yeah, this? Yeah, he guy? kept
1: Robbie too. It's yeah. chosen Robbie Anderson. But yeah. so you can call him Chosen, chose, CR. I R. I don't know, man. <laughs> Just <laughs> CRA, craw. uh <laughs> Saw this on uh, Pro Football Talk uh, that uh, Scott Zolak, who is a broadcaster with the Patriots, obviously former quarterback with the Patriots uh, mm-hmm. as well, played against the Jags in the postseason in the 90s, um, says that he thinks Brady, Tom Brady to Miami, is still in play mm. uh, and cites a lot of the factors. And, you know, you know, Brady tried to blow it off the other day. Oh, ha, ha, I just bought my daughter a kit, and I can't possibly come out of retirement. Huh. Like, sure Tom you know like (laughs) give me a break so and he points out that um you know his kids live in Miami his the way he put it Brady's team it's wouldn't be nice to have enough money to have to have a team to Mm -hmm. help you manage your life but his team of whatever that consists of is all located in Miami now uh that you know obviously there was uh, Miami wanted him that's what why they don't have a first-round pick yeah. anymore because of the collusion, trying to kind of backdoor a deal for him and Sean Payton to come to Miami together, and it kind of fell through. I mean, imagine Tom Brady with uh, Tyree Hill and Jalen Waddle. I, I mean, Tom Brady's at the point now, and he's earned it, right? It's all those Super Bowl championships, he could cherry-pick them. I don't think your uh, your weapons are good enough. Right. Let me go here instead, you know? and. Miami
3: it, makes sense, as we were talking about before the show. San Francisco,
1: who's been brought up, makes a lot of sense. It does. T- San Fran makes more sense in terms of the NFC landscape. Yeah. I mean, bro, bro, Brady, at this you stage of your Brady career, Brady, all get in the line in the AFC with oh, the quarterbacks that we've yeah. got over here. But, uh, you know, the other thing is uh, California eats alive in those state taxes. They and- do. We will not in uh, the state of Florida. So uh, good for Thomas if he dis- decides to come back. I, I haven't dropped him on any of my fantasy rosters yet, he- just in case. <laughs> you know, you never know. You never know. He- you it's never the offseason. We're wheeling and dealing. All right, we'll turn it back to your Jacksonville Jaguars coming up here in a moment. Uh, Calvin Ridley sat down with our buddy Bucky Brooks yesterday, and we encourage you to go listen to the whole piece over at Jaguars.com kind of an introductory Q&A, you know, catching up. And a lot of you probably have heard some of this, but we'll pull out some selected uh, bites from Calvin Ridley and let you hear from him in his own words. That is kind of Calvin Ridley week, and why wouldn't it be, man? Mm. Not that often uh, that the Jags get to uh, pick up a guy before free agency that's a former pro bowler still in the prime of his career. You would figure, even though he hasn't played in a while, you know, 28 years old, still should be athletically in his prime. And uh, so we'll get to that coming up on the other side. Plus, we got a jammed up top of the leaderboard with four players tied at five under par. Jack O'Brien's had updates for you all throughout the hour, and those will continue. Uh, Jack O's until one o'clock and all day long here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
0: Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, here we go. Hey, come on over and say hi this guy. got <laughs> <laughs> There
1: <laughs> goes my hand. <laughs> I stepped on my <laughs> my court Tony. I feel like this is my first day on the job, so, you know, I'm not used to these courts How you doing, brother? Nice to see you, man. Good to see you as well.
0: Yeah, I always say uh, Cal Ripken book signing. Ah, Cal, wow. That
1: is – I got that one. He signed it to my son. I still have that book in my, uh, my bookshelf. My son never played a lick of baseball. Oh, all, yeah. Come on
2: somebody. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, we got to come yeah. on somebody. Good to see you guys. Yeah. Uh, thanks for stopping by my big my big uh, galoot feet. <laughs> just <laughs> got me in trouble right there. I stepped on the wire and then the headset came off and <sighs> All right, Minwoo Lee who moments ago like looked like you may be walking off the course, right? He's
3: getting stretched out, I think, on the uh, fairway at 16 is yeah. what was happening. It looked like a cramp on the little video I saw on Twitter. Okay.
1: Well, I was high-flying Jack O'Brien said, hey, you're 500, buddy. You ain't walking yeah. off the no course. <laughs> right? He's six under now and in the uh, sole possession of the lead out here at the players in the early going. Uh, a lot of the big names, some on the course, some not on the course. Uh, one of the featured groups this morning, uh, John Rahm. Uh, Rory McRoy and Scotty Scheffler. Nobody really distinguishing themselves. Scheffler like one under last mm. I saw out of that group. All right, back to Calvin Ridley week here on Jaguars today. And uh, Calvin sat down at the stadium yesterday after he walked uh, through the hug line. And, uh, he, you know, I mean, look, I'd hug him too. If he walked up right now, I'd, I'd step on this cord so quick, <laughs> rip my headset off, and go give the guy a big bear hug. But he, he sat down with Bucky Brooks. Of course, he uh, – Jaguars excellent sideline reporter on the Jaguar radio network and uh, talked about a number of issues, including what it was like having that year away from football.
5: First of all, a year away from the NFL puts a lot of things in perspective for, for a young man like me, but um, a year away from the game um, and coming back now is just, it shows me I miss the game more than ever and that I love football more than ever and football was something that I do and love and will always be what I love.
3: And along those kind of lines, Bucky Brooks followed that up by asking what was the hardest part of not being able to play football?
5: I Having to watch it at home and knowing I really can't, there's nothing I can do to get back into the game until I get approval, you know? So that, you know, being again, the game being taken away from me, and I was just like, man, I can't, even, I, I can't sit home all day. You know i need a job i mean what i do is i always work every day football was my job for most of my life so that was the hardest part just not being able to run and you know be a part of a team and you know feel important at that moment so it was hard
1: again can't stress enough as a jaguar fan i know a lot of you probably already have but go find that article go to theplayerstribune.com and and read about calvin ridley's open letter to football or love letter to i forget exactly how it was titled but You get the idea, and he talked about all his experiences. But, you know, we've seen the videos uh, of him. He is, like, at this stage, guys are usually taking it easy. Their bodies are still recuperating. They're maybe just starting to ramp things back up. They've got a timeline to get ready for the all-season program. My man's out here breaking ankles, you know, (laughs) running routes, and and he is itching to get back out there. So it's it's good to understand through his own words why the game – you know, was taken away from him, and and as he said, my own fault. But if there was any question about his love for the game after he stepped away for the mental health issues, you, you can tell, man, this guy really does want to get back at it. Uh, what was the thing, the single thing he missed the most about the game?
5: Just getting up, the preparation to prepare. I mean, working out. I mean, having a reason to work out and preparing, working out for Sunday. Getting up, driving my car to work early in the morning—I miss every bit of it. I mean, I I miss every every second of you know what I did to prepare for Sundays.
3: Not going to be too long now. Calvin Ridley is going to be on a football field again, and he was asked, "What will it feel like to play again?"
5: It's going to be amazing Uh, for my mom, for my family, for me. It's just going to be a weight off my shoulders because I waited so long to get back to this point, and just you know be excited to run through that tunnel and. You know, show every, every Jacksonville Jaguar fan and who I am. When when something is – when
2: you truly love something and it's taken away from you, it means that much more when you get that second opportunity. And I can hear it in his voice. Ever since the offseason, how he's tweeting with the fans, how he's interacting in his letter, it all means something. He's going to put that 1,400 up for
1: us. By the way, Calvin, I slid into your DMs. <laughs> man. You can get back to me anytime mm-hmm. you like on that. Uh, <laughs> you know, but I don't even think he realizes what uh, – He's in store for right. He's like, it's gonna be amazing. I, I, I think it's gonna be overwhelming yeah, to him, right? Like, and we were winning last year. All right, it's gonna be crazy. I, I just, I just don't think he can comprehend what it's gonna for, for him personally. To, to, and I can't imagine, you know, uh-huh. what what the feelings would be. I mean, I can imagine, but you can't really know till you do come out of that tunnel and <sighs> people are going crazy for you. And that first dime that Trevor drops on you, and you're like, oh, I'm back. I'm back. Oh, uh, getting excited again. So, uh, Tony, we talked earlier about how these guys are all kind of bouncing off each other on yeah. social media. They really seem, you know. Now, Calvin Ridley's new to this dynamic, but you know, the when you talk about Kirk, Zay Jones, Marvin Jones is part of this uh, hat in the past now. But Evan Ingram as well, those guys really all seem to, to prop each other up and feed off each other. Uh, and uh, Calvin Ridley yesterday in his conversation with Bucky Brooks, again, the entire interview available at Jaguars.com, talked about what kind of conversations he's had with Jaguar wide receivers.
5: I talked to a couple of them. It, you know, it's been just, you know, really you know welcoming. Just, you know, we're happy to have you, kind of, haven't really got into the ball or nothing like that. But, no, know, happy to have you. You know, I know where they know where they're going and that I'm going to be a part of that and it only could just be, you know, a little better, you know. So it's been really just welcoming, honestly.
3: Yeah, and as I said, seeing Jimmy Smith tweet at Calvin Ridley last night uh, made me feel a certain kind of way, right? Like to see those two guys reacting uh, in a very public way like that on Twitter was pretty awesome. And Calvin was also asked about he's talked about In the article, he talked about playing with Trevor. You know, he's mentioned it a couple times over the course of this process here in the last couple months, but he was asked by Bucky Brooks yesterday his thoughts on his new quarterback, Trevor Lawrence.
5: Uh, His ability. Um, He's a great quarterback, young, smart, got an arm. I just know that my tools, you know, (laughs) coming to play with him, I could just see, you know, us doing, you know, really, really, really big things. And. You know, he has the, the arm strength to reach me, and and I can get open on a lot of different guys. And we have a lot of, you know, teammates that can help, but I just think he is a, a, a great talent. The arm strength and me and my ability with that, I think it can, it can really work out good.
1: You really got to listen closely.
3: Like, that chuckle was amazing. Right? It's just like that little,
1: oh, yeah. <laughs> now, Matt Ryan won an MVP, right? Yeah. Matt Ryan is not chopped liver as an NFL quarterback, but count's like, He's got the arm strength to reach me. Like, I'm going to fly yeah. by people, and this son of a gun at 23 years young is going to be dropping dimes all over me, man. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just so good. But you're right. I mean, and that was toned down, right? Because yeah. go, go read the Players' Tribune on my daughter's name. That's my 1,400 favorite yards, baby. Oh, my daughter's name. 1,400-yard seasons are what I'm putting up with Trevor Lawrence. So, uh, what about the head coach? who hugged it out for quite a while yesterday. I love it, man. I'm not mocking it. I think it's fantastic. Uh, Doug Peterson greeted him outside the stadium yesterday. How many – seriously – How many guys, even like free agents, they're not meeting them in the parking lot, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean, when they come in and and after they've signed and they're making their first visit to to acclimate themselves to the locker room and things like that, they're getting escorted in maybe, but not by the head coach and GM, but Calvin Ridley got the the welcome mat rolled out. So what is he looking forward to the most in terms of working with Doug Peterson?
5: Yeah, um, winning. Uh, Like I went to Alabama, I was a part of a winning culture there. You know, I know Atlanta's a winning coach, too, but we didn't. We had a rough, a rough couple of years, but I know Coach Doug has the formula to win, and you know I want to be a part of that, and that's what, you know, it's, that's what it's about. That's why we work hard and to win those games and be in those important games. I want to be in important games, so I want to, and I think Coach Doug and Trevor and the whole Jacksonville organization is going that direction. I, I want to be a part of that, man.
3: He got to watch the Jags play a couple important games in the playoffs last year, and he was asked by Bucky about watching that Jaguars playoff run from afar.
5: Yeah, I mean, first of all, the Jazz took me early, man. I was suspended, and they they, they gave me a chance. They took a shot on me. I mean, I, I thank you know, I thank them so much for taking a chance on me early in that situation. They made me, you know, it gave me some energy. I had a team to watch. I had a reason to. You know, want to come back and be a great player, and like 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 you said, they were they started playing amazing. So it was really fun for me to watch them. You know, get better, and I'm I'm ready to get, get out there, man. That's all I can do. I don't really like to talk too much about it. <laughs> I just want to play. You could fool me.
1: I mean, you I mean, you seem like you you kind of do, but that's all right. Don't, don't... want to talk about it. Want to be about right, it. Right, and Let's I get go, that. Yeah. But he, you know, like you can do both. <laughs> you can do both. You can do a little bit of both. And look. He's trying, And he went out of his way in the article not to try and absolutely bury Atlanta. Like, there are some issues, right? Like he said when he got hurt, like there are some guys like, you yeah, know, what's up, man? You know, like, uh, you good? <laughs> like, they didn't quite buy – like, you know, NFL's that tough guy culture tone how many times have we heard over the years. Guys hurt, you're out of mind, out of sight, out of mind. You're just not part of the team anymore, and – You know, just some of that stuff, and and he knew his time was coming to an end there. And, and, you know, oh, I'm not to say that Atlanta doesn't have that winning culture. Well,
3: you can say it. They don't right now have that winning culture. I was reading about the foot, and teammates kind of come up to him like, you good? Right, like that kind of thing. I thought about the Fred Taylor – deal right, right? and ja- like how many of the guys in the locker room knew how bad the injury was he didn't know right because so how could they because Coughlin's not saying anything he's gonna play this week we'll see no no I mean like Calvin
1: like That's Calvin's what, but injury I, right I, like
3: how serious do the teammates know the injury is right if nobody with the organization is willing to say no it's actually this right then how would anyone in the locker room be be able to look at you and say you're able to play right like you good right and he's like my foot's broke right but he can't just say, my foot's broke. Because he didn't even know it right. at that time. Like, it's it's wild that that kind of stuff happens in NFL locker rooms, but, but it does. Look,
1: let's go back to the, the – we're, we're burying the lead here. Two quotes ago, what are you most looking forward to working with Doug Pearson? Winning. Yeah. Winning. You could have stopped it right there. Winning, and then he expounded on that when is the last time, like, I mean, guys come, and and granted, you know what, you would have said a lot of the same things, or felt a lot of the same ways, like, he probably feels about, oh, I'm just glad to be out of Atlanta, fresh start, I got a team on the rise, well, when's the last time we've been on a team on the rise, right, I mean, in the last 15 years, you haven't had that off-season feeling very often, but, I mean, just winning he's got the formula he knows NFL players know man Doug's legit and and his track record now is bearing out first year in with a team that had the number one pick in consecutive years and it took a while to get going mm-hmm. but you know once they hit their stride and uh you know watching it from afar imagine being a receiver who knows he's got the goods <laughs> and realizing I get to play with number 16 and be coached by this guy oh oh <laughs> Mm-hmm. Man, it's a, right. It's a, just did the shimmy. Uh, y'all. Did. uh, so we've been talking a lot about the culture that they look. Sometimes I think culture is overplayed because every coach talks about culture, 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 culture. If you win, you got a good culture, yep. right? But if you aren't a winning group, how do you get to be a winning group? And I think that's what Doug Peterson and Trent Balky, let's give them the team some credit here for the kind of guys that they've targeted that You know, look, we had 2017, we had a lot of winning, but the culture started to fracture. This is a team that feels the complete opposite of, and uh, Calvin was asked his thoughts on what he knows about Jaguar culture right now.
5: From, I just asked a couple players, but just Coach Doug's, you know, the work ethic, they guys, they're gonna work hard, they're gonna have a little fun, but you know, the work that they put in, you know, they come here and they know what they wanna get at the end of the season. So, you know, everyone's working hard and, you know, buying in together. So that's what what I know so far.
3: A couple more here from Calvin Ridley sitting down with Bucky Brooks over at Jaguars.com yesterday. He uh, said that he just can't wait to get here and get going with the Jacksonville Jaguars.
5: I mean, that's the part of football I love. I I love the competing. I mean, I wish April 17th was tomorrow. That's what I'm here for. I want to play football, you know. So, I mean... I can't tell y'all how excited I am. I sat out a whole season. I mean, the season just ended. I mean, now I'm back in and the process is slow for me to perform, you know, so just taking it slow, one foot at a time, but I can't wait.
1: And then uh, final thought
5: here, uh, what
1: kind of feeling of support has he just felt from the Jaguar fan base?
5: Yeah, it just shows me that, you know, they're welcoming. I mean, I'm, they know that I'm a good player and that I can help this organization, and they just, you know, the team is on the rise, and they're, they're, they're building my confidence, and I'm trying to build theirs. So that's a great thing.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I mean, they're hungry, man. They're they're probably hungrier than Calvin Ridley is, quite mm-hmm. frankly, because they've been watching, you know, disappointment uh, more often than not for a lot longer than he has been even playing football, and uh, I feel like things are turning the corner here on that front, but uh, great stuff. Calvin Ridley week just absolutely continues here on the first coast on 1010XL. 10, 10 go check out that Players' Tribune article to be sure, and uh, certainly uh, go to Jaguars.com and check out the full interview, Calvin Ridley sitting down with Bucky Brooks. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, ET, we're live out at the Players. we got now a two-way tie at the top of the leaderboard. We're going to come back to your Jaguars today. Question of the day today, uh, we typically do this uh, during Players' Week, is uh, if you could fill out a dream foursome with past or present Jaguars three people to join you which three players are you adding to your list and uh, we'll give you our reasons for the guys we would play with uh, coming up as well as we take a look at that but first we'll get you all caught up on all the happenings out here at the players this year underway six under par is the lead who's got that lead we'll tell you right here this is Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM
0: Jaguars today on 1010XL.
1: Josie bringing me a plate of oh no that's lettuce I don't want that never mind keep your salad over there <laughs> Joe Coward whole is out here man it's like a 1010XL fest at the players today Franji was just by he got the memo on the uh, navy blue polo yeah. Tony uh, so I a was lot a of day that, early on the navy yeah a lot of that you were you you're a trendsetter uh. is what you are so uh, oh JJ Laselva is out here. Rocking the flag, I see him. He's got the logo. When La Selva is out in public, you know it's a banner day. <laughs> Any pregaming for you, JJ? Any pregaming No, <laughs> you good. You good? <laughs> Keep just doing the drill, producing the drill. That was his pregame today. Yeah. All right. Just wanted to know if you, you know what kind of a state of affairs we're dealing with here out at the players this morning. Mm-hmm. It's. Uh, I'll tell you what the state of affairs is, Tony. I'm giddy on jaguar football yeah and we've got the the most gorgeous venue for golf that you can possibly imagine we've got the best in the world coming to compete right in our own backyard and uh i get to be with you and et and high flying jacko and the whole crew out here man what a fun day what a fun week yeah what a fun time to the be players alive. is
3: awesome Yeah. oh my
1: gosh all right uh today's chad and sandy real estate question of the day chad and sandy real estate multiple offers on your home in three days or they'll sell it free. Visit them online at chadandsandy.com and uh, find out more details there. We ask you, as we typically do this time of year, if you could reach into the past all the way up until right now, this very moment. Anyone who's ever played for the Jaguars, hey, if you want to go to the coaching staff, whatever, that's up to you. Mm-hmm. Which three Jaguars, past or present, would you choose to fill out your golf courses? Now, you may say, I don't play golf. Well, that's all right. Who would you like to hang out with for four or five hours and tell some tall tales and things like that? Uh, let's. We'll look at the responses in a moment, but we'll give our own here in the form of a 10-10 take.
0: 10-10. 10-10 take. Now, Mike Dempsey's 10-10 take, brought to you by Northern Tool. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. We're made for this.
1: All right, you and I, we've had the good fortune of actually playing golf with some Jags past and present. And, uh, man, I tell you, I'm going to go present company excluded because, you know, Circe, who wouldn't want to play with Circe, right? Mm -hmm. Because you know he's going to bring the best doggies around. There's no question about that. But I will go with my updated list because this changes for me. Sure. Kind of every year. Maybe – Moving into the number one spot, Freddie Taylor is just such a dude, man. He's and on everybody's list. He real, and why wouldn't he be? Right? Uh-huh. I mean, honestly, the I, I I pinch myself sometimes. Doing this a long time, man, but I still just kind of shake my head. Like, we just saw the greatest comeback in Jaguars history, and we're sitting next to Fred Taylor to talk about it for the mm-hmm. next hour. It's unbelievable. We're, we're pretty lucky. We're laugh. Unbelievable, <laughs> right? So I want Freddie T. Okay, I want the boat. Because I want to have a good time, That's going to be fun. Let's have the boat out here. Let's get Blake. You know he's going to have a good time. And he he doesn't take himself too seriously. And he seems just like the most down-to-earth guy to hang out with. But, man... Just crashing his way into the rankings. If you don't say Calvin Ridley this week, like, uh-huh. like I want to hug him after every shot, and uh, just I mean I'm just so enamored with him at the moment. So I'm gonna sight unseen for what he does on the gridiron for this football team. Tone, give me, yeah. give me Freddie T, give me the boat, Mr. Blake Bortles. By the way, you know, somebody pointed out yesterday on Twitter, Shot is selling the yacht. Right, got to make, he's got to get that money, start getting that money to pay Trevor. Right. Do we do we call Trev if if Blake's the boat? Do we call Trev big yachty? Little <laughs> L- yeah, he's taking, but right. he's mm-hmm. six hey, a big yachty. Am I wrong? I mean, so, I ain't gonna lie. I kind of like it. Yeah, it's not the worst like thing it. I've ever heard. Uh, so anyway, uh, I, I got Freddie, I got Blake, and I got Calvin Ridley. Who you got? I got Fred kay. at the
3: top of the list. And, Copycat.
1: Uh, not gonna do anything <laughs> complicated
3: here. Jimmy and Keenan. All right, you know, get, Thunder and lightning. get them both together along with teammate Fred Taylor, and see what happens. I know Keenan is a trash talking fool like i I know that, and he is as confident as anyone that has ever put on a jaguars uniform and to see him around teammates playing a game that is competitive,
1: yeah. I'd pay for it. If I'm E, I'm not picking Keenan because he's the one guy who will outdress you. Yeah. All right. He will not. You think you're sharp right now? Keenan was the clothes horse yes, of, of all time in that Jaguar locker room. Uh, who you got, E? Of course, I got Fred. Favorite
2: all time Jaguar, all time. Probably one of my favorite players of all time. Uh, so I got Fred. Um, definitely going Trevor. My dog, Trevor. Um, uh, Jenkins. I'm going uh, Ray Sean. I'm going Ray because of his energy. Uh, he's a trash talker. He going to bring it. I like Sean. And then, you know, I'm going a little bit outside of the box, man. I'm going to go with the owner, man, Shaq Khan. Hmm. You know, I want to rub elbows with the billionaire, man.
1: Well, you just took four, and that's all right, because what Shaq can do is provide you. He can sell that yacht, and he can provide you with, like, he'll streamlined just, golf carts like you, out of this world, right? Hot tub in golf the back. <laughs> <Right>. Whatever. <Yeah. laughs> Shaq can drive us around if he wants yeah. to. Right. That would be fantastic. All right, so uh let's see what we've got right here uh from jason <laughs> this is a great way to start he wants matt jones justin blackman and rj Sauer because he wants to get down and party mm, okay so all right that's understandable you do you um <laughs> <Irvin> miller <laughs> josh lambeau and dewey winger oh, oh my gosh uh it, we would likely end up with just three in the group yeah i don't know who would get <laughs> die first uh, uh let's see uh, Scobie, Bortles, and McManus. I mean, McManus is a good time, and I played with Tommy Mac. Yeah. I play, you know, Tom, I like to bring it out once every once in a while. McManus is uh, on some hole. He's like, uh, we're on like eighteen, maybe at Jack's Golf and Country Club, something mm-hmm. like that. And and I don't know the course very well, but whatever hole it was, it was really there's like a little narrow neck, and McManus goes, I'm gonna hit a a, a five wood here. I'm like Tom. What are you, going for the course record? Hit the damn driver, and he pipes that thing 340 on, like, a three-quarter sling. And it, it was like, uh, I mean, McManus is brute force personified. Uh-huh. Can't hit it straight very often, E. But then, So he hit it on the pine straw, and he he chips out of the woods to about six feet and makes birdie. And we're like, this guy actually looks like he knows what he's doing <laughs> out here. Uh, let's see. Al says... Uh, he wants Yurko because he's Yurko. He wants Big sirs because of uh, the Club Nate-like stories and the vibe. And Jimmy Smith because Jay Smooth uh, got hella smack talk under the smooth uh, game right there. All right, let's see. Uh, MJD, uh, David Gerard, and Baselli primarily because I'm pretty sure I would win, uh, <laughs> says Mike, and therefore feed my delusion that I'm better than they are. Uh, who else we got here? Trevor, Blake, and Gardner Minshew, so an all-quarterback group right there. Uh, anyway, there, there are a bunch more in here. A lot of Freddie Ts that we haven't got to. A lot of Basselli's, obviously. A lot of Scobie's getting mentioned. Calais getting some love in there. So, uh, you know, it's just kind of a question of, you know, historically, what's the trio you think would be a fun mm-hmm. afternoon to hang out with? And uh, you got a lot of great choices, great options out there today. Hey, uh, let me just mention before we get out of here and hand things off to XL Primetime, uh Tony Salazar. Uh, what what a day to be your first solo day running a show. Uh, hey, nobody's there. Yeah, <laughs> and they're on remote, and they got all this stuff going on. So nice job. Now, E, you tell me, E. Right. We got Fat Tony. Fat Tony. All right. We got Tony sounds. I'm going in my head, and, uh, and you're you know, good with this. I, I'm going other Tony, or I'm going little Tony. I'm not sure yet where I'm at on that, but uh, we got time. I
2: already got one.
1: <laughs> uh, you got uh, one out of, out of those two. I like little Tony. Little Tony. I like little Tony. Little Tony. All right, we got Fat Tony, Little Tony, <laughs> Sweet. and then, then we have to describe how he's not little because we always have to qualify. <laughs> right, right. Fat Tony's yeah. not I had a doctor
3: ask me that this week. They were like,
1: "Fat Tony." So I was we, like, huh, I "Here you we go again." <laughs> 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 You're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> I love you, brother. Uh, uh, so that look, uh, we got a pretty good leaderboard right now. Colin Morikawa at six hundred, tied for the lead right there. Uh, we've got Calvin Ridley Fever in Duval and. Uh, What's not to be happy about right now Mm -hmm. when it comes to uh, the Jacksonville sports scene? So uh, Jaguars today will be live. Whose drone is that, I wonder? That's got to be an official drone out there. I would think. Somebody flying over the course. Definitely. Is that an NBC Sports uh, Peacock drone? Do I have to go home and watch this thing on Peacock today? Is that the deal? I don't know. I know Peacock has probably, like, I think you have extended group coverages. We have every (laughs) <laughs> streaming service known to man, practically, yeah. man. So, uh, although Peacock gets a little laggy at times. But, uh, anyway, fun day out here at the Players. Thanks to Demetrius Harvey of the Florida Times Union for stopping by today. We'll be live tomorrow, seeing what comes up. Tommy Max has got the day off tomorrow, yep. so he won't be out here with us. But the rest of the 1010XL crew will be, and that includes XL Prime Time. So, let's catch up with them right now.
0: Now, the 2-Minute Drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL rolling with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop.
1: All right, Matt Hayes is in the house. Hello, Matthew. What's up, fellas? What's going on, Great, Doing great, man. man, How lucky are we, right? Right. just, uh, Just the whole thing. I mean, Jag's on the rise. The players is in town. The weather is Perfect. We're hanging out with uh, so many peeps from around the city of Jacksonville. What, a, what a There's a
6: turn night. right now in this city. You can feel it. it there really the is. The momentum man. is turning, baby. I mean,
1: it's unbelievable, right? Yeah. And I, I, I'm probably overplaying it to some degree, but I, I just I, I have had this wave of enthusiasm lately with everything just clicking,
6: falling into place uh, for Jacksonville, and let's hope the ride continues. Yeah, you know? yeah. I don't I don't think you're overestimating it at all. I mean, that's we all know that. That's what an NFL franchise will do. A successful NFL oh, franchise bring it all together. Yeah, right? bring, yeah, it makes everybody feel better. Look what a
1: what a piece by Calvin Ridley in the yeah. Players Tribune yesterday, laying it bare. Not he didn't have to go that far. No, man. he went back to the depths of his childhood and like, hey man, you know. I love my parents, but they r- ran that hard lifestyle, and my dad got deported. My mom went away, and uh, me—I'm the—I'm—I'm I'm the man of the family at eight years old. Unbelievable. Yeah, he bared his
6: soul. He bared his soul, man. That's um, it was humbling and inspiring to read. Actually, is what it was. It really and, and, was, and it, it makes you want to pull for that guy. It makes you think like, all right, I, I hope it all works out for him. And again, we have no idea how it's gonna happen. We don't—we don't know what he's gonna be like after t- after t- almost two years off. But it's going to be fun, at least, to watch him get back into doing something that he loves and hopefully in the mindset that, yes, he does love it and he's ready to go and let's get after it. Yeah, I think he's going to be good. I think he's
1: going to be very good. You know, I I, like, I would bet the under on the 1,400 yards just because they got a lot of ways to spread Not this ball around. a lot of 1,400-yard right? Right. guys in the NFL. Right. Yeah. right, but at the same time, you know um, – that Trevor's numbers are not going to be static. He's not going to be a 4,200-yard passer mm-hmm. for, I don't think, again for a while, as long as he's healthy. That number's going to be 45, 46. He'll have some 5,000-yard passing seasons. That's not unheard of in today's <laughs> I know, he, but it's true, man. I Tell me tell me that's not well, the and,
6: truth. And some 40 TD passes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, we just got to get him going, that's all. Look, it's because coming. There's, there's nothing it, quite like when he gets going. It is coming, uh, for sure. All right, though, what do you guys have coming up today? Uh, we, we will talk Jags. We got our coach, Dave Campbell, coming over. So we'll talk about some Jags and the draft. And, of course, it's the tour. No doubt.
1: Uh, tour And, uh, you know, some struggles, but uh, nice to see Morikawa. Uh, look, I'm a snob. I like to see a name on the top of the players leaderboard that we all know. And Colin Morikawa is a rising star in the game so uh i don't look,
6: like seeing roars at plus four though
1: is he at plus four now last i looked he, he was one of my three picks so i'm like i, I stopped at plus three i saw nothing.
6: worst guy on the course is plus seven by the way is so that right yeah he's close
1: yeah he, he, he's not in good shape right now but hey as tony said earlier he is a slow starter traditionally out here and so hopefully uh you can get things turned around. Have a great show today. Thanks, guys. All right, uh, Matt Hayes and the crew of XL Primetime for the next three hours. That will include another hour of updates from our man, High Flying Jack O'Brien. Appreciate his service to Jaguars today as well. Uh, appreciate all of you out there for tuning in and listening and being a part of the First Coast sports scene. Again, enjoy the tournament. We'll be back at it Friday. You think anybody's uh, taking off work tomorrow? Uh, a few people. <laughs> Half yeah. of Jacksonville is taking yeah. <laughs> off work tomorrow, no <laughs> doubt. Oh, all right. Let's get us a leaderboard update, and uh, we will talk to you tomorrow. XL Prime Time coming up on ten ten XL and ninety two point five FM.